organic thing here. So let's ask ourselves this morning, well, how am I doing? As a tr- if I'm trusting in Jesus this morning, how am I doing? I'm thinking of those pot plants. Maybe some this morning, you are feeling encouraged. You can see in your life evidence of fruit, ways in which your life has changed, and ways that God is bringing you forward and bringing you on. Others, maybe you're just about surviving. You seem like you're getting through week to week, and you don't feel like you're flourishing. And maybe this morning you've come here and you are just, you feel like you're all brown leaves and dry soil, and you are not doing well at all. Well, the Bible reminds us that Christian life and evidence of life is one that is growth, there is change, there's progression. And this time of year is a good time, isn't it, to assess, to pause and look back and see, well, how am I doing? Now, the problem when we think about growth is this. Often, in the Christian life, if you're a Christian this morning, you will be growing in ways that you are not aware of. I remember when we used to go and um, see my grandmother, so she, lives, she lived up in North Wales, and we were living down in South Wales, so we wouldn't see her that often. But when we did, we could always guess the first few words that she would say as soon as we got out of the car. My, haven't you grown for each one of us? You know, that would be it. Every time we'd kind of recite it before she's going to say it, she's gonna, and then she did. Haven't you grown? Well, why? Because, well, she hasn't seen it for a while. She can see the difference. But if you'd have asked us in those months in between, do you feel like you're growing? Like, no, I didn't feel like I'm growing at all. I still feel the same. Because we're not aware of it ourselves of when we're growing uh, physically. And in the same way, spiritually, it can be the same. It can be slow. It can be gradual. We can be unaware of it. And so it's important for us to come to the Bible and say, what does healthy growth look like? What does it mean to grow as a Christian? What should be our goal? What should be our aim? What kind of things should we be thinking about? Well, hopefully this morning, we'll deal with some of those questions. We're just going to scratch the surface. Uh, There's so much that could be said, but there's just some things we'll focus in on this morning. First of all, this morning, we're going to ask this question. What is the goal of Christian growth? What is the goal? What's the big picture? Then we're going to ask, well, what's the wrong way to grow, (laughs) wrong path to growth? And then we'll look at, well, how can we grow? So let's ask that first question then. What is the goal of Christian growth? We'll see in this verse in a moment what that means. But just before we do, we need to have a big picture of the Bible and what it means to grow as a Christian. In the same way, if you were doing a jigsaw, it'd be very hard to do a jigsaw without the cover, wouldn't it? If you didn't know the picture that you were going for or aiming for, maybe you're very good at jigsaws and you could do it without, but it would be hard work if you don't have the picture on the front. Well, what is the big picture for us as Christians? Well, we read it earlier in um, the slot when we think about the whole Bible overview in the alphabet. Um, Listen to that verse again in Genesis 1.26. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We are made in God's image. We are made to know him, to reflect him, to share his rule, and to show something of his glory and his greatness uh, to everyone around. We are God's representatives on earth. We are his glory. We are the pinnacle of his creation. Remember, after God created humanity on the sixth day, he said, it is very good. But the story doesn't end there, is it? Because in Genesis 3, 
we reject God and humanity walks out on their relationship with God that they were made to know. And as a result of that, instead of being a, a, a true reflection, like we were thinking earlier, like a mirror reflecting God's image, we are now a broken mirror. If you can imagine a mirror that has been broken and you can still see yourself in it, but it's distorted, isn't it? You can still see glimmers of what you actually look like, but it's hidden and it's marred and it's not quite the full picture. Well, in the same way, we are now broken, reflecting images of God. So we will see in everybody um, these, these moments where we see, wow, how wonderful humans are. But the same moment we can see just how dark and far we've fallen from what we should be. Do you remember what it says in Romans 3.23? Now we don't reflect the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory, of, of, of showing God to the world around us. We have failed to be images of God. We are broken mirrors. It's like, you know, God made this work of art and we have taken a knife to that work of art and we've slashed it. It is now, masterpiece is ruined. And we've fallen from a great height, haven't we? Made to reflect God's image and now, well, we're struggling. And that is why I think sometimes at this time of year, you know, when you started the year January, you want more. We want better. We want, um, we, want to, we long to be different. We long to change things in ourselves. We want to be better as parents or grandparents or better in our work or better friends. We want to um, change ourselves. We want to um, do things better. Why? Well, because we were made for something glorious. We were made to reflect God's image. But now we've fallen far short of that. Now, if we realized what we were made for, it would show something of God's greatness uh, to one another. Uh, there's a film that was out a while back, which is based on a true story. It's called The Soloist. And it's based on a man called Nathaniel Ayres. And it's a true story of um, Nathaniel Ayres. He was a schizophrenic. And because of lots of other reasons as well, he ended up being homeless. But he was a very talented musician. He was a tri child prodigy. So at the time when um, he was doing so well in his music, he went to a very prestigious music college in America called Juilliard. And he couldn't finish his course because of his illness of schizophrenia. And uh, what happens in this film and in his life was a journalist finds this man who is homeless and realizes who he is, just realizes the heights from what uh, he was, you know, so this really well-renowned, everybody was expecting this man to become such an excellent musician, but now he's just broken and he's homeless. And this journalist finds out what he's capable of. He sees his talent, he sees his skills. And you realize if we'd have walked past him in the street, we'd have thought, not much, maybe just ignored him. But this journalist looked and said, no, no, that, I know who that is. That's the person who had this great potential. Well, in us as humans, God made us all in his image. And so it shows us the height from which we've fallen. So we're reflected, we're created to reflect the glory of God, but now we don't reflect his glory. Now we are broken images. So what's God's solution? What does he do? Well, if you look at um, chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians, verse 4, Look what it says there. It says that um, the God of this world has blinded the mind of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. What did God do? God sent his son, the Lord Jesus, the new Adam, and he reflected the image of God perfectly. He is the image of the invisible God, Colossians 1 says. He is the radiance of the glory of God, Hebrews 1 says. So he's the true human. 
He's the one who lived the life that we should live. He's the one that is the truest of all humans, and he reflects the glory of God. So what is it to grow as a Christian? What's the big picture? God wants to restore us to what we were. He wants to make us like his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to reflect the image, the glory of God. And when you look at Jesus, what do you see? You see the most, uh, the fullest, most uh, complete human there is, the one who is selfless, the one who is passionate, the one who is uh, different, the one who is full of life, the one who is pure, the one who is truly loving, the one whose motives were perfect, the one who was strong. He was gentle. He was kind. See, when we see um, Christ, we see that is God's plan. That is what he wants us to be like, to restore us what we're meant to be. Now, maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. You're thinking, well, what's the point of me listening to a story about how to grow as a Christian if I'm not even a Christian? But as you'll see, this is showing you what you could have, showing you what a Christian really is. Because a Christian is not somebody who's just about being religious and saying, no, I don't wanna, I'm going to restrict myself from being truly human. No, being a Christian is actually God's way to unleash us to what we were meant to be, to find truest of freedom, to not be slaves anymore, but to be free. So to be what Christ is, is our destiny. It's what we were made for. And that's where we're truly free. So by turning away from Jesus, we're actually turning away from our reason for being. So what's the goal of Christian growth? It's to be like Jesus, to reflect the image of God. I hope you see why you've had to take a step back to see the big picture. Because now we can ask and have a look at this passage and say, well, what's the wrong path to growth? What's the wrong path? Because we need to be really careful here um, so many of us, we can see that and say, right, so I am to be like Jesus, okay? That's it. That, that's my plan for this year. I'm going to be like Jesus. And so we roll our sleeves up and say, right, off we go. I'm going to be more like him. But you see, if we do that, we're destined to fail. If we think it's all just about our willpower and our decision to change, we're not going to get very far. Gareth, a few weeks ago, was, when he was preaching, was talking about um, New Year's resolutions and how often they fail. And he mentioned about a gym who um, bring in uh, extra, uh, they just rent and hire extra equipment just for January because they know by February they won't need them. So there's no point in them buying them because people just can't keep it up. We can't sustain it. We love to, but we just fail. And so many times, how many times have that happened in our Christian life? You know, we think this is it. This week I'm going to be different. We sit here on a Sunday and say, I'm not going to fail in the same ways. I'm not going to drift back into the same patterns of life. I'm not going to end up doing that. I'm, I'm going to be like Jesus. But then we fail. See, we need more than just a command to be like Jesus. And that's where this verse comes into play and the, the context of this verse. Because it's telling us, look verse 18, we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord. Now, that phrase there, unveiled face, is really important because it's telling us about what's happening in this, the whole story of what's going on. And in this section, in um, 2 Corinthians 3, uh, we see that actually um, we, we, we're comparing the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. That's what's going on here, the, the law and the gospel. So look at verse 13. You see what verse 13 says? Not like Moses, who had put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was coming to an end. What's being spoken of there? Well, let me remind you. When God gave the law uh, to the Israelites in the Old Testament, remember how he did that? Moses went up Mount Sinai. And he went to Mount Sinai and he received the law from God. 
And when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, he was radiant. He was reflecting something of the glory of God. So he wasn't shining himself. He'd been in the presence of God and he was reflecting it in the same way that the, the moon doesn't release its own light, does it? it? It reflects the light of the sun. Well, Moses was reflecting the glory of God and even the reflection was too bright for them. So they said, Moses, cover yourself, put a veil over. So Moses had to put a veil over himself because God's people were looking at the, the reflected glory and they just couldn't handle it. So this veil was put over. His face was radiant. And this passage, Paul is saying, you know, the, the Old Testament, the, covenant, the Old Covenant, the, the law, it was pretty impressive. Do you remember what happened? They couldn't touch the mountain where God had descended on, because if they did, they would die. The, the earth shook, and there was glory, and there was lightning, and there was fire, and it was very impressive to see. Moses' face shone. There was greatness. There was glory. God was speaking. He had given his law that showed us his heart that showed us what he loved, what he didn't love, showed us his goodness, his holiness, his justice. But even with all its glory, Paul's saying, it wasn't enough. It was limited. Look how it's described in verse 7 of chapter 3. It's called the ministry of death, this carved letters on stone. Talking about the law uh, written, the commandments of God. Or verse 19, it's called, uh, verse 9, sorry, it's called... Um, even though there was glory in the ministry, it was called the ministry of condemnation. You see, so the law was impressive, but actually it was, it was fading away. It, it wasn't um, what we needed. The law had its demands. The law said, do this, live like this, love God with everything you've got, love your neighbor as yourself, do this all. And the people heard it, and what did they say? We'll do it. Okay, if that's what we have to do, we will do it. But what happened? They failed. Even by the time Moses had come down the mountain, they'd built this, um, this calf, this idol, the golden calf, and they were worshipping another god. And so because they failed to keep the law, what happened? Well, they were cursed. Instead of knowing the blessing of keeping the law, they faced death. They faced condemnation. Because here's the law. Obey it, and don't be condemned. Don't obey it, and you're condemned. And they failed, and they were condemned. So that is why it's called the ministry of condemnation. You see, the law is good, in that it shows us our problem. It's like an x-ray. An x-ray is good, isn't it? If you've got a broken arm or a broken leg and you have an x-ray, it's good because you can see the problem. But you can't just go home and say, well, there you go, I've had my x-ray now, I can see I've got a broken leg, thank you very much. And no, it's only exposing the problem. It doesn't fix the problem. It's like a judge that can point out that you're bankrupt, but it doesn't help you have any more money. See, the law was never meant to be an end to itself. It was never meant to say, this is what you need to do, and that's it. No. Verse 7 tells us the glory of the law was coming to an end. So what's the purpose of the law? Well, it's like an x-ray to show us our heart. You try and live this and see how you get on. It's the best way to live, but can you see we can't do it? And so it's the point to say, well, if I can't live like this, who can? If I can't keep the law, who can? It's to point us to the perfect life. It's to point us to the one who can live that law out. And if you read through the Ten Commandments, what do you see? You see the life of Christ, the glory of God. He lived it out perfectly. He never failed. He did it all perfectly. So that's the purpose of the law, to show us and to point us to Jesus. The problem is, to help us to grow, we can sometimes think back, slip back into thinking like the law, can't we? We can say, like I said earlier, this week I'm going to do it. 
I'm going to be more like Jesus this week. So I am going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to pray more than I ever have. I'm going to do it. I'm going to love my neighbor more than I love myself. I'm going to give God everything. That sin that I struggle with, that thought pattern I feel falling back into, no way, not this week. But what happens? By Tuesday, we fail. And we're full of condemnation and full of guilt. Why? We've tried to do it on our own. own. We've tried to use the law to change our lives. We think we've got the power. We think we've got the strength on our own. But we haven't. So what do we do? Well, that's what the next section will tell us. But before we go on, again, if you're here and you're not a Christian, maybe you've got Christianity wrong. Maybe you've thought it's all about trying to be good, trying to be better, trying to keep the law, trying to be religious. But actually, the law isn't, that's not the purpose of it. The purpose is to show us that we can't do it and that we fail. So don't think that being a Christian is about keeping the rules. We can't do it. We need a saviour. We need somebody to help us. So we've looked at the big picture to reflect the glory of God. We've looked at the wrong way to grow, which is trying to do it by the law and being told, do this, and we can't. So how can we grow? Here's three things to think about as we kind of draw this together now and pull this together. How can we grow? First thing is this, by the Spirit of God, by the Spirit of God. So our goal is to be like Christ, to reflect His glory. And the law shows us what living like that looks like, but it does nothing to help us with it. Do you imagine for a moment that you go to a restaurant with a child, maybe it's your relative, maybe it's a friend, and you say, right, I'm going to help this child have a healthy diet. So you order something very healthy off the menu, and you say, here's a carrot. And so you rub the carrot all over their face. Say, here's some peas. You rub some peas all over their face. You think, well, there you go, there's a healthy diet, let's rub it in. Well, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And it is ridiculous. Why? Well, for the goodness of that food to have an impact, it needs to go on the inside, isn't it? It needs to work from the inside out. In the same way, we can't just read about the law, read about Jesus, and see what he wants, and just expect it all to be external. No, it needs to be from the inside out. How does that happen? Well, look at verse 3. You show, it says he's talking about to the Christians in Corinth, you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, like in the law, but on tablets of human hearts. So on your heart, by the Spirit of God, you get to know what the law is from the inside out. So our changes happen by the Spirit of God. God changes us from the inside out. There's a supernatural element to this. We can't do it on our own. God changes us. And look what we're told about the Spirit in verse 18. The Spirit, this comes from the Lord, from Jesus, who is the Spirit. So we have the Spirit of Christ, the one who lived the image of God out perfectly, dwelling within us if we're Christians. If you were to ask me to paint you a painting, you would be very disappointed. It would be awful. It wouldn't be like one of Howard's masterpieces. Yeah, but, but if somehow I could get the spirit of a painter to live within me and and I could then paint. Well, then we'd be talking different, aren't we? But on my own, I can't do it. And the same here, we're told this is the image of God. And God says, I'm not just going to tell you. When you trust in me, I will give you supernatural help. So from the inside out, God will transform us. Changing our desires bit by bit. 
making us to want to be like Jesus, to see how great he is, to see how wonderful he is, and then say, I want to be like that. So he helps us to truly reflect the image of God and what we're made for. He's helping us to be more and more human, more and more free to be what we were meant to be by his spirit. See, Jesus here is showing us that he's the greater Moses. In verse 18, do you see there, we talk, it tells us about um, being transformed into the same image. That word transformed is used somewhere else in the New Testament. It's used when Jesus goes up the mountain with three of his disciples, and before them, he is transfigured. Do you remember that moment? There before them, he kind of shines brighter than white. He is there in his glory. Now think of that, how that compares to Moses. Remember Moses? He went up a mountain and reflected the glory of God because he'd been, he'd kind of seen it, he'd been there. But Jesus didn't reflect the glory of God. He radiated the glory of God from himself. He wasn't the moon, as it were, reflecting the sun. He was the sun himself. And Jesus there, the greater Moses says, I want to make you like me. Let my spirit dwell within you and it can change you from one degree of glory to another. In Moses, his glory wore off. That's what it tells us here. But the glory of Jesus keeps shining brighter and brighter and brighter. So if you're a Christian, when you trust in Jesus, the spirit of Christ dwells within us. That sounds strange and I know it sounds hard to grasp. But that works out very practically. Because you will notice there are things in your life that you used to not mind, that suddenly you do mind. Things that you used to be happy with before, suddenly you're uncomfortable with. Maybe you're watching something or listening to something and think, I can't, I don't want to watch this anymore. I, it just sit, it sits uncomfortable with me. Maybe conversations or jokes that you used, used to have, suddenly you think, oh, I, I'm just not finding that funny anymore. I, do, I just don't want to be part of that conversation because God is changing us bit by bit from the inside out. Now, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not an overnight transformation, but just bit by bit, as we keep in step with the Spirit, as Paul puts it in Galatians, he changes us to make us more like Jesus. You see, we're not rubbing the food on our face, but it's an inside-out transformation, the Spirit of God. And so we say, Lord, would you change me from the inside out? Would you help me? Uh, to, uh, to prompt me to, to, and follow his ways. Keep in step with the Spirit. So how can we grow? How can we do this? Not by just uh, outward change, but inward change, the Spirit of God. The second thing is this. It's by the grace of God. Because notice what verse 18 says. We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. You are being transformed. It's not us that is doing the transformation. God is transforming us. He is changing us. This is a change that comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So God works in us. He changes our desires. And it's a wonderful gift of grace. Do you see who gets the glory from this? Who's, who is it down to? It's not down to us, but actually God has done it. So any victory over sin we see, any change in our life, it is all the gift of God's grace. At the end of Ephesians 2, where we're told in Ephesians 2 about how God saves by his grace and his kindness and his goodness and his gift to us. It says, and, and also there are works prepared beforehand in advance for us to do. So the good works aren't even down to us. God's prepared them. It's all of grace from beginning to end. It's all of him. See, God's works through us by his grace to change us to make us more like Jesus. So that means that God is at work in you. If you're trusting in him today, he is at work. 
and he's begun a good work and he will bring it through to completion now does this mean we just sit back and do nothing does that mean like we just you know you might have heard the phrase let go and let god well no look listen to how paul puts it in philippians 4 great balance here i can do all things through him who strengthens me we have we are responsible we are dependent as we do it as well think of the difference an image that somebody shared with me that i found helpful the difference between a motorboat a raft and a sailboat okay a motorboat is well um i'm in charge if i try hard enough and i have enough discipline you know i i can do it i've got the engine myself i'm going to do it that's one picture another one is a raft you just sit back on the raft you let go and god will do it all or there's the image of a sailboat now if i don't move the sail to catch the wind then i'm not going to go anywhere uh, you know I, I i can't control or manufacture the wind but if i ask where is the wind at work which way is the wind coming how can i position myself to catch the sail well suddenly we start to see i think that's a much more helpful picture for us on how we grow as christians god has given us his spirit to tra- change us to transform us from the inside out and are you looking where that wind's going to blow you are you putting yourself in a position where god can work and use the means of his grace so that's why coming together is so important on a sunday not just because i need to be here because that's what you do on a sunday no it's how god ministers to us i'm sure we can all see when we make the effort to come or where we uh, meet up with other believers and we talk together we encourage each other god works through one another and through his word and encourages us to keep going in a way that we might not have thought of on our own god uses means are you putting yourself in the in the way of the path of the breath of the spirit for him to help you to soar as we thought about last week what is there in your life that warms your heart towards jesus do more of it put time aside to do that what makes you thrills you about jesus then take time to do that go to the places where the wind blows so we are responsible for moving the sail as it were to catch the wind of christ if that uh, hopefully that picture will help so you see the encouragement here what is the big picture god wants to make us more like jesus to reflect the glory of god the wrong way to do that is just to say be like jesus that's it no no no. we need to realize god works from the inside out we can't do it alone Uh, he does that by his grace and the last thing i want us to think about as we finish is this we need to be beholding the glory of god so you say you might think okay i can see the goal i can see it happens in our hearts i recognize it's not going to be an overnight change it's a long-term thing but what can is there anything we can do well there is a command here isn't there what are we told we are told to behold the glory of the lord and as we behold the glory of the lord we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another so god changes us as we behold the glory of the lord the truth is the thing that we behold the things that we behold the things that we look at we will become most like if you look on your last week the things that you have looked at the most will shape how you think that's true isn't it the things that you have um, looked at the most will affect what you get excited about will affect what you spend your time and your money and your finances on you know those things that we think about and um, spend most time looking at will shape our lives and as we see in our lives 
Our lives don't just happen in four or five big decisions, do they? But our lives are shaped by those small decisions every day. Where we choose to look, where we choose to spend our time. That's where our life's trajectory is made out. Not in just the big decisions, but in the small details of daily life. So in the last week, where have you spent most of your time looking? Physically looking, what have you, what have you been looking at? Because that will shape your heart. That will shape your passions and your decisions and ultimately your life. And here, we're being told, if you want to be more like Jesus, keep your eyes on him. Keep looking at him. I've told you before about my, my again, my, sorry, my nana coming up twice in this, but she had to take dad to the doctors when he was younger because he walked with pigeon feet. Yeah? Do you know why he walked with pigeon feet? He t- nana was really worried about him. She took him to the doctor and said he's walking with these pigeon feet. Don't know why he was. Well, the reason he walked, like, had pigeon feet was because his favourite footballer, Stanley Matthews, walked with pigeon feet. And so he, wanted, he looked at him, he beheld him, and he wanted to become like him. The more he looked, the more he became. If you gaze on something and you treasure something and you value something, you will become like that. So here we're told, behold the glory of the Lord. Who's the glory of the Lord? It's Jesus. Keep looking at him. Keep your eyes on him. Do whatever it takes to keep thinking about Jesus. Jesus tells us specifically where he's glorified, doesn't he? Think of John 12. We're told this, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. What was he talking about? He's talking about the cross. If you want to see Jesus in all his glory, look to Calvary. Yeah? Yeah. Because there we see what he's like. There we see how much you are loved. There we see what he's done to rescue us, to stop us in our tracks, to save us from a lifetime of being slaves to sin. Jesus came rescue us. See as he's dying on the cross that he stopped at nothing in order for you to be won back. He gave up everything. He stopped at nothing. See the passion that drove him to the cross for you, for me. He loves you that much. And as you think of his love for you, as you think of what he did, he gave up the glory of heaven for you. Just the more we think about that, you see how it warms our hearts and makes us think, you know what? that is beautiful. You know, and as we behold his beauty, as we see what he's like, our hearts begin to change. If Jesus can do that for me, then I can serve others. I can give of my life for others. If he can put me first, then I can put him first. Spurgeon, the great preacher, London preacher, used an illustration of this. And um, he said, you know, think of it when it, when it gets icy. And I think it's going to get icy this next week, isn't it? What happens, you know, when the snow comes? Well, we just don't know what to do with ourselves. We, we, we get the gritters out. We get the, the shovels out. We're working really hard and just to kind of make the roads passable. And, and it's really hard work for those first few hours of the morning. But what happens if it's a clear day? The sun comes out, and in a moment, the ice and the snow goes. Our cold hearts, in a moment in the presence of the glory of Christ, can be melted. Our hearts that feel so cold towards him, when we bring our hearts under the light of the gospel, under the truth of what glory of Jesus has done for us, it melts us. So this year, how do we grow? Well, it can be summed up in those words, can't it? Behold the glory of the Lord. Keep looking to Jesus. 
What is our job as a church? We're to point each other to him. Keep looking at him. He makes sense of it all. The Bible is all about Jesus. Keep reading and keep looking for him. Let's speak to him. And as we grow cold maybe in our walk, we bring our hearts to the warmth of his grace and the glory of Christ. So let's pray for one another this year that we grow more like Christ to be to reflect his glory. And as we do that, we become more and more like him to show and shine in this area of the glory of Christ. Let's pray together before our last hymn. Father, we thank you so much for your patience with us. We thank you, Lord, that even though we often feel like we're taking two steps forward and then five steps back, we pray that today you would help us, instead of being absorbed with ourselves, to lift our eyes to the Saviour and to behold the glory of the Lord. Lord Jesus, we pray that you, in your glory, would melt our cold hearts and that we would know real growth this year as we become more like Jesus from the inside out. Spirit of God, work in our hearts, we pray, to make us more like Jesus. Show us the things that make you sad. Show us the things that break your heart so that we can live in true freedom and true joy. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a very famous hymn.